What's up, guys? Welcome to another Zane's World episode. This week we're talking about uh, Batman vs Superman, and to my right here I've got John Luke. Hey, what's up, guys? Domination guy. So for today we're talking about all the Batman vs Superman stuff with the advent of the film coming out. What next? No, two weeks. Two weeks from now. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's two weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's two weeks from uh, tonight, actually. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we felt that it was important to also address the comic book angles and the fact that almost everyone nowadays has some awareness of this. I mean, it's been around for, what, 75, no, 80 years now? Something like that? 75 years? Uh, Superman, I think, just just about 80. Batman, a little bit under that. Yeah, I, I think, think you're right. A couple of years. That sounds but. about right. Um, so, yeah, it's been around. People know about this stuff. Yeah, now that it's the, uh, the you know, it's part of, you know, popular culture, a lot of people... Yeah that may have not read comics growing up or watched any TV shows or getting into yeah, movies. I mean, with everything, it's popular. It's, yeah. It's not the weird thing anymore. Right. It's the, it's the mainstream it's thing. It's the mainstream <laughs> thing. So, the fact that we have Henry Cavill playing Superman and Ben Affleck playing Batman mm-hmm. uh, coming out uh, on in March, here, March 23rd, mm-hmm. um, I kind of felt like it was important for us to put out there the more actual comic book angle, the, the angle that most people are not going to jump to. That's true. Yeah. They see those images and they're just like, oh, Batman's going to win. You know, I, I beg to differ. Yeah. And also, I'd also like to contend the idea that Superman's actually a valid character. A lot of people like to just throw it on the bus that, oh, he's... He's kind of a, a dumb character than the worse one just because he, he's given everything from just being born. Right, that does seem to be the popular opinion on him. And this idea that, oh, Batman's cool because he's human and he fights away over these obstacles all the time. Yeah, in a way you're right, but at the same time you got to remember he's also being given everything in the world right when he's born because right. he's rich as fuck. Yep, it's the same argument with uh, Iron Man if you're looking at Marvel's canon. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that. Um, I think the first thing up is... Parts from the comics that have occurred mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we've, we've, you and I are pretty avid readers at this point. Yeah. Um, so we're pretty aware of these instances that have happened over the years where Batman, for one reason or another, has had to combat Superman. Right. It's these instances where, you know, everyone's like, always falls back to the kryptonite. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's always kryptonite. Like... Oh, he's got an obvious weakness in this rock. Like, of course that's what he's going to use. It's like, that's, yeah, you're kind of right. But that's, yeah, that seems to be the the area most writers go to, you know? Yeah, it's, it's the go-to whenever someone doesn't really know how they should write that scenario. Right. Um, so first up, we're going to go with the one that's most obviously referenced, and that's uh, the Dark Knight Returns books. Great book, yeah. Uh, Frank Miller, you know, great writer. Um he wrote this scenario where Batman came back to being Batman after, you know, a couple years, or several, like a decade or so of uh, inactivity due to a very, uh, you know, hammered down kind of moment from the government of no more capes. Right. Uh, they got Superman under their wing. Um, the comic featured Reagan, which was probably the funniest part about I it. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, most most uh, crime fighters wound up having to go either into prison or quit altogether. Um, the comic actually shows Green Arrow getting out of prison, missing an arm. It was actually featured on Flash, or no, uh, Legend of Tomorrow, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. That version of it. That's right. So, in this comic, um, Superman is told that he has to take down Batman because his activity, he come, when he comes back, he comes back because the Joker's back. Um, he goes back and he fights Joker and winds up 
killing him like by the end of their little moment because yeah. Batman at this point he's not taking any more shit he doesn't really care he just won't use a gun that was his big thing but he still killed him yep definitely um he sees that his city's in chaos like gangs run the streets and everything and he's just not happy with it like so he's not taking any shit um Superman being employed by the government at this point you know helps stop a nuclear missile from the Russians mm-hmm. leaving him weak so in his weakened state Batman's now ready to capitalize on this moment because Reagan was like okay he just killed a guy he is now a, a menace we need to take him out Superman go get him yep Superman goes after him Batman's aware of this he builds this sweet power armor that we've now seen on screen in every trailer yeah it's pretty sweet it's it's awesome it looks bulky it does yeah powerful and that moment in the trailer when we actually see like him stop Superman's fist like you're like awesome right but I you know as a fan you know we're looking and I'm like oh Superman's got that look in his face though too of like oh I can kind of cut loose with this guy yeah like most people are just like it's that shock and disbelief I'm like no it's more like shock and like oh okay it's more of a let's play you know? yeah so great moments like this film is obviously referencing this comic well right um but at the end of the day like Batman had to use help which most of their little arguments come down to that <laughs> yeah well and the thing is is not only that but even the way he quote unquote wins is dependent on Superman's good behavior Right. Here's here's how I see, like, if we take not just the Dark Knight Returns, um, but just the whole Batman versus Superman thing, Superman would obviously win. I think yeah, everybody I can think, agree with that. I think that's the um, thing that most people need to, to realize is, no matter what, I have an example in here, we'll yeah. get to it later, but of an instance in the comics where he does exactly what I think he's going to do no matter what, which is always use his overly powered powers yep. to stop Batman before he can even do anything. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, Batman is just a guy. Yeah. Like for as awesome as he is for training and everything and all the the endurance and everything that he's put himself through to get to where he's at, great. But he's still just a man. Right. The way I'm looking at it is that um, they never, unless it involves uh, mind control or something, uh, some other, something like that. It always comes down to either um, Superman deciding how he wants the fights to go or Batman, you know, cheating. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I love him, he he does. He cheats. You can consider it cheating. Yeah, no, um, to finish out the Dark Knight scenario, Yes. he gets Green Arrow to come in. Green Arrow with one arm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> shoots a kryptonite-tipped arrow at the exact moment when Superman was about to win. Yep. <laughs> Making him weak for a few seconds, long enough for Superman or Batman just to stomp the shit out of him and say, I want you to remember the one man who beat you, etc., Fakes a fucking heart attack, pretends yeah. to be dead, <laughs> stays in that catatonic state near death till his funeral. Superman hears a heartbeat or two, smirks and walks away like, I know you're alive. I'll just let you be. Like, do your thing, man. Yeah. Again, Superman in that moment could have just fallen right back to his fucking grave and then lasered the grave, like, yeah. ended it right yeah. there. Like, but no, it comes down to Superman being a good person. Right. Um... And being good friends with Bruce. That's the other side of it. Is yep. that they are good friends. Like, what we're going to see in this film is their first interactions, but remember, a friendship is developed out of this. Mm-hmm. A dependency on each other's abilities and the understanding that both are needed. Well, and go, talking about the film, I definitely think that they're going to... This is the story arc that they're most going to take references from. Yeah. 
I mean, we're, we've already seen it with the uh, the bat suit. The yeah, yeah. It looks the most aesthetically. Like it, has. it looks very much the same. Attitude wise, it's it seems very much the same. Right. The yeah. armor, like you mentioned. Yeah. But one th- one difference that I think is going to happen here is that Batman will have stayed active this whole time. Right. That's the only big difference because rather than coming out of retirement, he's just not stopped. Definitely. He's a little bit younger than in the Dark Knight Returns storyline too. Right. That's, that's the other, the other thing. Um, he's definitely much more in like his forties, not nearly as old. Right. So, we'll see. Um, but yeah, again, so like that one was the, you know, that's the original source material. Uh, another common one that people jump to is Batman Hush. I love I Batman love that. Hush. Yeah, for as much as I, I shit on Jeff Loeb for his writings on Marvel's Ultimatum storyline. Right. Yep. Uh, Batman Hush, everyone. So should, good, Yeah, man. so great. And to think, he's now running pretty much Marvel's animation department. Right? And yeah, that's, that's crazy why to think it's about. so good now. Yeah. Um, in this instance, Batman's been given a ring that has kryptonite on it by Superman, told, hey, you know, if I ever go off the handle, if I go crazy or whatever, use this on me. Well, Poison Ivy, being a bitch the way she is, yeah. and mind-controlling <laughs> men, mind-controls the fuck out of Superman. Now, then, mind you, Superman is fighting that mind control this whole time. He's not fighting Batman outright. Like, they even make comments on the pages saying, I knew he wasn't fighting me at full strength because I knew he was always fighting Poison Ivy's control. Right. But Batman hauls off with that kryptonite ring, punches him square in the jaw, knocks him unconscious for a few moments, long enough to get away. Yep. But in the process, completely shatters every bone in his hand and breaks the ring into shards that can't be used again. I wouldn't call that a win by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, not at all. It's like, okay, cool, you won for five minutes tops. Yeah, he won, he won because of a weakness that um, like, Superman provided him. Yeah, you know? exactly, like gave him, like, here, do this. And if I if I remember correctly, uh, the only reason Superman even snaps out of it is because, uh, I think it's Catwoman, right? And she throws um, Lois Lane off of a building or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something, something really drastic that makes him snap yeah. out of it. But this is definitely more one of the uh, more one-sided. Yeah, this is definitely like eh, I wouldn't call it a win, buddy. Like, yeah, maybe a draw. Yeah, at best. But that's because Batman still completely shatters every bone in his hand. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much a useless hand at that point. Pretty much, yeah. Um. Jeez, losing my spot. Another one is us. Uh, Superman Sacrifice this is another mm-hmm. instance where they wound up having to go against each other. This one was written by uh, Mark Verheiden, uh, Gail Simone, and Greg Rucka. Um, in this one, Bat- or Superman just absolutely stomps the shit out of Batman under mind control. Oh, he laments it afterwards. Yeah. Like, he feels bad. But this is one of those instances that no one, no Bat fan wants to jump to because it just exemplifies the counter-argument. Yep. Batman under, or Batman under uh, duress just gets completely shit on, and then they like shows him in the Watchtower, like completely in like an ICU situation. Superman's over him, like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Like, I can't believe I did this. Yeah. But it's because like someone mind controlled him successfully, and he just went off and crushed yep. him. There wasn't really even like like I couldn't even create notes. Of, like it was literally just well, Superman stomped the shit out of Batman, and Batman just, almost dies. The end. End of storyline. <laughs> so that's one instance. Um, Another fantastic uh, instance, actually, was uh, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel. This was a uh, short storyline by uh, Brian Azzarello. And in this storyline, um, they wind up having to fight at some point. 
uh, as as is the theme of this whole episode. Right. Um, Batman, who is armed with uh, kryptonite, winds up getting blown off of a roof. He's about to attack Superman, and Superman comes flying in with his super breath and just blows Batman <laughs> right off the rooftop and the kryptonite out of his hand. Then he grabs Batman's grappling hook that he tries to shoot up to the rooftop to save himself and goes, nah, fuck that, flies straight up into the air and then throws him at the ground. And as he flies down, Superman just flies after him, pummeling him until he hits the ground. Like, completely just wrecking his shit outright. And this is, you know, this probably maybe like four seconds total elapsed time. Yeah, it's, it's, man, as much as I love Batman, this is just like a one-hit knockout for Yeah, Superman. this, this it's, is one of the, this is the instance, like, this is the yeah. one that I was going to say, like, is the most exemplary of Oh, the, yeah. Superman would fuck him up. Yep, oh, definitely, man. I think most arguments with the comics is, like, if it's a Batman writer, they're going to write, write, they're going to write in some way that gives him and an it all, but And the thing is, is it always comes down to kryptonite yep. or some sort of variation. I know in some books they've gone to the lengths of, like, oh, he tricks Superman with being a Green Lantern and creating fake-looking kryptonite right, and fooling right. it. Like, they always have to jump to this retarded-ass scenario yeah. to show a way to beat him. And that's it speaks volumes to Batman because, you know, his fan base really loves the fact that he always rises above the occasion. Yep. And, you know, that's true. It's, he does. it's because he's relatable, like you said earlier. Yeah, in he's human. He's a human, you know. Um, which I also have a counterpoint to that, which we'll, we'll get into in a sec. But just to kind of go down the abilities, I mean, Batman was born into wealth. Yes. Thomas Wayne was wealthy due to hospitals and the health medium. He was a doctor and all this other stuff. Yep. Um, he helped build Gotham, actually. Like, his founding father, like, his his, his uh, legacy, and, or I shouldn't say his legacy, his, uh, his ancestors all helped create Gotham. Right. So he's really well embedded in the city. He's wealthy from the city. He's got influence. Yeah. You know, yeah, it sucks that he lost his parents at a young age. That actually creates a very easy-to-build from storyline, though. Without parents, he has no... Nothing holding him back. Right. And so he seeks constant perfection in his daily life because he he's constantly seeking approval from no one that exists. And that's the hard part with him is that you have this guy that's completely driven, borderline, well, not even borderline, he is insane with yeah. his, oh, yeah. with his uh, driven behavior. He, you know, he achieves peak physical condition. He um, studies criminology, chemistry, physics, just every form of science available at the time travels the world trying to find some sort of solace from all, all this tragedy in his life and he comes back to Gotham and it's still a hellhole yeah um, after seeing that the mob has taken over all of Gotham he feels that he needs to become something that the mob will be afraid of well he remembers a childhood trauma his first trauma with the bat after falling into a cave on his estate so it just so happens, oh, that's a convenient place to also set up a hideout that no one will explore, because why would anyone explore a cave on my home? Right. Like, let me go there. So he creates this whole persona, he goes out, and he scares the mob to the point where they're no longer an issue. But in lieu of that, a lot of other crazies see him and go, oh, look at this crazy guy out here. I can now behave in a similar fashion, but with my goals. So, like, you wind up getting a lot of really crazy people. You have people like Catwoman, who's the greatest cat burglar ever, but she obviously has a cat fetish. Yep. And so, that's where she comes from. You have someone like the Joker, who's a super, uh, what is it, it's called Super Sanity, where actually you mimic the era you're in, 
which is why in some cases we've seen him as wacky and bonkers as ever, like in the 60s Batman TV show, and we've seen right. times where it's like Heath Ledger level of insanity, where yeah. you're just ki- killing people. Just straight right. darkness, yeah. yeah. So, you have a guy that mimics the insanity around him. You have other characters that came out of the woodwork with that. I mean, you have Penguin, you have Two-Face, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, right. Mad Hatter. Like, there's a ton of people that are all psychotically insane that have spun out of Batman's own insanity. Right. Um... On, and he only operates at night. He that's one big thing that he does. He does not like to operate during the daytime. Mm-hmm. It's while it's strange that he tries to avoid it because you know at the end of the day, crime will never sleep. But apparently, Batman does during the day. Yeah, I know that feel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but then on the other side of it, you have someone who's powered by the sun. Mm-hmm. You have Superman. Um, for a long time, I always thought Superman was kind of a lame character. Yeah. Just like everyone else. And it's, it took a while for me to really reconcile those thoughts until I figured out, like, no, he's actually probably the best hero out there, which in some ways makes him lame, but the more you think about it, it's actually really cool. Right. Um, you know, everyone knows his actual origin of being an alien on Krypton, being the son of a scientist who is, you know, basically saying, the world's going to end and no one's paying attention. Yeah. And goes, well, if the world's going to end, I'm going to take the entire genetic lineage of my entire race and put that with my son on a ship and fire him off into space to a world that I know he'll thrive on and he'll, you know, that he'll be good on. That he can lead to in a better direction than we were here. Mm-hmm. Shoots him off into space. Kryptonite bl- or Krypton blows up. Um, yeah, he lands in Kansas. He gets found by, you know, uh, Martha and... I'm blanking all of a sudden. Yeah, I just remember uh, <laughs> Um, the Kents. Yeah. He, yeah, the Kents find him in a field, and they adopt him. They raise him as their, his, their own. But what's interesting is that Kryptonians have this ability where they absorb radiation, period. All energy, actually. Right. Um, I'll get into some of the variations here in a little bit, but Superman, at the end of the day, absorbs solar radiation. Um, the reason why, on Krypton, he was... Um, his race was very human-like as they were surrounded by a red sun so that's the one form of radiation that they absorb and doesn't get metabolized the same way like it winds up making them very human-like in their environment um that's why in many instances you'll see some sort of hero or villain using some form of red sun radiation to stop him uh one of my favorite times is actually both in just league unlimited and in uh public enemies mm-hmm when um what's his name captain uh, the radiation dude that actually like the silver body uh, oh man uh, yeah it's blanking on me right that's now a, that's a really testing um, knowledge there <laughs> yeah i know it's captain something yeah um but he, he since he can emit any form of radiation he wants he constantly fights superman with red sun radiation right um but Superman, by the end of the day, still has to deal with that. Um, he grows up with Yellow Sun, which gives him his abilities. And the longer he spends in it, the more abilities show up. That's why when we first saw him in the very earliest days, all he can do is lift stuff really heavy, run faster than most people, mm-hmm. faster than a speeding bullet, actually, and leap higher than a single bound, but higher than a tall building with a single bound. So like the whole idea there is that he really lands super speed and super strength and some uh, invulnerability. Mm-hmm. As time went on, he gained more abilities. Heat vision, um, super breath, and uh, the ability to hear and see radio waves and things of that nature as time went on. Um, X-ray vision came along after a while, too. 
the guy is just constantly developing new abilities because of the way that his body absorbs this radiation and metabolizes it. Right, right. Um, that being said, there's a lot of things that happen in other instances. Um, he can still absorb blue, blue sun, like white sun, those kind of things. Uh, those radiations still affect him similarly to yellow, but it's not quite as effective. Um, his powers kind of fluctuate with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, it's also discovered that he's not just weak to kryptonite, though. Kryptonite being a piece, a radioactive piece of his planet, he's also vulnerable to magic, as we've discovered. Like, he fights Shazam, formerly known as Captain Marvel, on many occasions, and he is weak to that lightning attack, which mm -hmm. is magic-based. Uh, Zatanna was always good against him, too. So, you have this character that has some dynamic things, but th that was what's interesting is that the kryptonite thing was introduced with the 19... I want to say it was, like, 39 radio show something like that 1940s radio show that sounds about right yeah yeah because that's when they introduced kryptonite because they couldn't they wanted to have a very easy way to have these short 15 minute episodes you know that kids could listen to right and that was just an easy go to it's one of those things where it's always something that writers do to simplify a story yeah well every every hero every every big icon needs a weakness you know yeah yeah exactly and while Superman's always supposed to be the ideal they were like, oh, how do we make, oh, he comes from Krypton, let's make Kryptonite. Yeah. Um, this is also right around the time that people understood, started to understand radiation. This was the time, you know, this is right after the bombs dropped in That's true. World War II. So yeah. I should actually say it probably wasn't 1939, I think it was 1940-something, like, but they started to comprehend what radiation was and the fact that it's this radioactive thing that people, that some people could be really affected by, some don't, you know, it's that sort of thing. Um, what's interesting, I did a lot of unnecessary research <laughs> a lot uh, more than I did yeah well I was <laughs> yeah I was just at work and trying to create a really simple layout here Zane's got a so, sweet list here all I did was like read Hush and Dark Narrator <laughs> the other day I mean, that's all you really needed yeah. um, so with him being weak to so many different things uh, there's a few different kinds of kryptonite uh, kryptonite over the years has been one of the most rewritten concepts and comic books it's kind of retarded actually right uh pre-crisis and post-crisis was the biggest differences for a long time and then they did some after pre or pre and post infinite crisis which was after all that which yes. is just ridiculous when you really think about how many changes have happened most common one that everyone knows green kryptonite like that's the, the go-to easiest one to write for yep um so green k radiation saps yellow sun energy it's that simple um just saps it away. That's why it affects them in the way they do, or the way it does. Um, in addition, it, it does affect humans on a slower rate. That's mm -hmm. why, like, for instance, uh, Lex Luthor for a long time wore a kryptonite ring that eventually gave him tumors in his hand. And That's right. Even, um, not in the comics, uh, taking a, a TV series, like Smallville? Yeah, yeah, Smallville. Yeah, they explored the, uh, the types of kryptonite a little bit. They they actually, I was reading through that too, and I have notes for that too, but awesome. uh, they had some variations. Um, they even took their own liberties, mm -hmm. separate from the comics, and it's, it's hard with something like this because things do change. and Right. Yeah, so it's just really interesting. Um, the next most common form is red kryptonite. Um, in the original pre-crisis stuff, it was originally just green kryptonite that had floated through a red gas giant on its way here and uh, absorbed properties. And during the post-crisis or pre-crisis era, this is the many ways that red kryptonite could have affected Superman or a, a Krypton, Kryptonian period. Um, transformed into a dragon. 
become evil, transformed into non-powered giant, transformed into a dwarf, into an ant-headed humanoid, into a lunatic, into an, uh, you get, you could be am, am, and wow, an amnesiac, <laughs> I can't talk, uh, rendered temporarily blind to anything colored green, which happens when you wear, like, red ski goggles. Right, yeah. Um... Uh, excessive hair growth. Shout out to the, the 90s Superman with his sweet mullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, loss of power. Gained telepathy. Um, lost his in- invulnerability along the left side of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, in Superman 3 and in some of the comics, it generated an evil doppelganger. Yep. Which is hilarious. Um, unable to speak or write anything but Kryptonese. Okay. Uh, growth of extra limbs, loss of balance and manual dexterity, uh, mental transference, rapid aging, and personality alterations. Now, remember, those were all the things that could have happened pre-crisis, post-crisis. They kind of switched it up to being much more just um, personality alterations. I remember in Smallville, for instance, it was that it made you... It, it flipped your personality. Right. He slipped out on them and like, oh, I'm the bad boy. Yeah, I mean, this boy scout like a, a giant prick. Gold kryptonite in the comics has kind of always depowered Kryptonians in some fashion. Um, what's interesting is Gold K seems to have this property where it's exclusive to the universe that it was found in. Mm-hmm. Um, because Superman, won- this is the funniest story. As I was reading this this uh, article about all these, and it actually featured this excerpt. Uh, apparently, like in the seventies. Uh, Superman went to a parallel universe where Kryptonians had conquered Earth and he passed judgment on them by using gold kryptonite to remove their powers and then later killed them by giving them green kryptonite to complete his judgment because they had killed a couple planets on the way to Earth. Yep. By the way, Superman at some points has been an uber dick depending on the writer. Yep. <laughs> um... But again, he was unaffected by both kryptonites because he was in a parallel universe where the wavelengths are different and he was unaffected. But in his own world, that's how he would have affected it. Uh, it's reference Smallville. Remember when uh, Super, or Clark was uh, Clark Luther? Oh, that's right. The, he says a line in there somewhere like, there's no, uh, there's no takesies backsies or something like that from Gold K. And yeah. he shows a scar on his body showing that Kryptonians can't heal from gold kryptonite wounds. So that's another variation from the comics. I remember even in Smallville, Blue Kryptonite was one that depowered people. Yep. Because he uses that one's odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, white Kryptonite doesn't exist in the current continuity, but uh, it used to and was only dangerous to plant life. Very strange. Yeah, that is a, it's a very specific. Yeah, in my opinion. Uh, black Kryptonite has been featured on many things. It was also in Smallville as well. Yep. Um, this is the one that's in Smallville where it was first introduced and it was split uh, good and bad parts so that's where we got uh, the split the, the evil Clark from the good Clark and we also saw it in the last episode with uh, Lionel and Darkseid oh that's right Martha had slipped it into his pocket while he was all Darksided up and separated Darkseid from Lionel and allowed it to be that whole ending was so dumb yeah it was <laughs> I loved that show right up until the last episode yeah um Silver Clip tonight this is probably my favorite by the way, uh, silver kryptonite is a form of magical kryptonite uh, that is heavily sought after by uh, magicians. You know, people like Zatanna would look for it. 
But what's funny is the, the effects on Kryptonians are that it pretty much mirrors cannabis on humans, <laughs> giving Kryptonians the munchies, loss of inhibition, altered perceptions, and some psychotropic hallucinations. Think about that for a second. Like, <laughs> Superman could have silver kryptonite balls just chilling in a lead box, like, in his place, and every time he comes from home from work, he just spins those balls like those meditation balls and just get really blazed. I'm just picturing him just, like, sitting on a box of fucking, like, Cheetos or something. <laughs> just mowing down in for, like, three hours. He's just like, oh, God, man. This day was so hard. <laughs> And then he just puts the balls away, and then he just sobers right up. Like, yeah. that'd be the funniest thing to That's see. That's hilarious. Um, lastly, there's Blue Kryptonite. Uh, it was created by Superman, and originally really only affected the Bizarro world. Um, Bizarro Kryptonians specifically were the most affected. Uh, Pre-Crisis, it was just like Green Kryptonite to normal people. Mm. Uh, Post-Crisis, it increased their IQ to being, like, almost 12th level intellect which is you know for those of you who enjoyed like uh, Legion of Superheroes or anything or even modern stuff uh, Brainiac was always considered a 12th level intelligence so it would give bizarros you know me not like that yeah. meaning they love it um, that kind of intelligence and so they would react similarly to with Green but it was because they didn't want to be smart and then post Infinite Crisis, it reverted back to the old way of like blue just affects bizarros in the same way that green affects normals. So those are all the kryptonites. Um, as you can see, over the years, writers have gotten kind of retarded with all the kryptonite usage. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, at one point, I thought it was really interesting and kind of neat because it does create this new kind of way you have to interpret the Superman mythos because he has to handle all this other weird shit that might affect him differently. Mm -hmm. And it kind of falls back into the fact that he's an energy being. Like, he's a guy that's made from energy, and because of that, he experiences things differently than normal humans. Um, in addition, Superman being the way that he is, I mean, hell, think about that awesome moment in Injustice where he's just floating next to the sun. Or wait, no, that was an injustice. I know what I'm thinking of. DCUO has a really sweet moment where... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In the, the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Lex and, and Joker and all them are attacking on Earth, and Clark gets super pissed uh, because Diana's almost dead. Yeah. He's floating next to the sun, eyes just blazing red. Mm -hmm. And then he just, or like... Close. He opens them blazing red. He shoots off towards the earth and just crushes Luther. Yeah. In just one fell swoop. Yep. And it's this moment where you go, yeah, around the sun, the guy is nigh in invulnerable to the point of like godhood. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Um. So with all that being said, like everyone's always like, oh, he has too many powers. He was born that way, etc. Um. You know, I've come to realize that Clark is the better person. No, by, 100%, by far. Yeah. What I do think is really funny is they always call Superman the Boy Scout. Yeah. But the Boy Scout motto is always be prepared. Yeah. Which is Batman. Uh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to that one, man. You can, you're right. You're right. So, I was thinking about this at work, because, like, this has really crossed my mind a lot, especially with all the people that are so on about the whole, like, Batman's better, Batman's better, blah, 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 blah. Right. Batman's a fucking douchebag. That's what I've grown to realize. Uh, I love him, but he's a douche. <laughs> like, let me put it this way. I realize this because, okay, so the guy's like, in modern continuity, billionaire, I think. I don't think he's across trillions yet, but 
I think, he, I think he's that's pretty right. much there. Yeah, in there yeah. You can kind of assume he's got probably more than that because he created the Watchtower, he created uh, Batman Incorporated at one right. point, and created the whole network all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy has money. And he uses it all the time on all of his gadgets and toys and, and weapons. Well, he does all this, and he fights all these really psychotic criminals, and all he does is drop them off at Arkham Asylum, and doesn't... I mean, in the comics, periodically he'd fund Arkham and things like that, but he really doesn't do a whole lot on the back end of this. His whole 100% of his existence is, let me go and beat the crap out of these criminals, and then not help with the rehabilitation at all. That's a good point. I mean, in the comics, they've explored sometimes, like, oh, he helped Nora Freeze because... It might help the whole Mr. Free situation, but that's pretty much the only one he's really gotten down to. Yeah, that's true. To try and help. I mean, you know, one-off storylines don't really appeal to me in that sense because it's always some writer exploring that one thought of, like, what would happen if he did help such and such. And then it always reverts right back to the status quo of that's true. these criminal villains raging and running around and killing everyone. Um, but I've come to realize that he never really grew past that point of childhood like at all he is constantly running around playing essentially cowboys and Indians in his city letting the city stay in this chaotic state because it makes him feel better inside every time he catches the criminal you know he's buying all these really extravagant toys to constantly pursue and fight all these criminals but he's not doing anything trying to fix it He's just trying to be a stopgap so that less people die than would if he wasn't there. But the villains 99% of the time would not even be there if he weren't there. It would just be the mob. That's true. In addition, he just keeps making more weapons and more things to stop these enemies. And yeah, he just runs around beating these people up. And half the time, like normal criminals nowadays, especially after all these other crazy villains that can take his punishment have been running around the normal guys are going home in like cataracts and, and like worse scenarios than they ever right. were and it's because they couldn't feed their family so they turned to crime in the city like that and it might have been just petty theft but he just broke their clavicle and made it so that they had a hard time picking yeah. something up like I realized very much like Fabian's a fucking prick that's a really good point man I, I hadn't really thought about that it was that just moment of clarity where I'm like you know as cool as he is wearing black and going out and like crushing and rising above all he these literally really just bad... beats the shit out of people to make himself feel better yeah it has nothing wow. to do with like all this other stuff like yeah you could say like I'm stopping this I'm like okay yeah but what are you gonna do to fix it like that's true are you really creating the, the, the devices to keep them incarcerated that's a really good point like with all this wealth he could create the soup, the most absolutely secure prison in the world Right. And he has no desire to. He just keeps trying to make countermeasures. <laughs> like, I love I love all the people he's trained. I love all the characters that surround him. But Batman himself has always kind of been that one character that I'm like, it's really hard for me to like you because that's yeah. you don't do anything beyond this one thing of wow. being a ninja detective. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Even yeah. though you have all this intelligence that you've amassed over all this time, you're a super scientist at this point, you don't try to utilize it in any other way. Right. Like, sure, I, I love when he, my favorite moments of him are actually when he's on Justice League because he's removed from all that stupid, just stay in this cycle of crime. He's stopping world-ending threats. Right, and is, even though he's a dark character, he, he I mean, take Superman. He counterbalances him perfectly. On the oh, team. yeah, absolutely. It's it's all part of the world's finest thing. You exactly. Know? Like, I love those Batman-Superman crossovers, which is where this logo actually for this film comes from. Is not from Batman vs. Superman. It's from the Batman-Superman storylines yep. that happen every year. Yeah. Um... 
that being said, like Superman, on the other hand, born with all these abilities that he has no idea. Remember, you got to remember, he grew up in Kansas. He's out in the middle of nowhere helping his parents on a farm, and suddenly he can just hoist at like age ten the tractor up. He can push stuff around. He can throw hay bales across the yard with no effort. Yeah. Like he's just like, how am I doing all this? He really on steroids. Yeah, exactly. It's like holy shit. Like I don't know what to do. His parents like, how the fuck do we take care of this kid? <laughs> Who could probably crush us without any effort. He gives us a hug and we're dead. Yeah. And yet he tries. His parents sit down with him and help him learn, like, oh, you have heat vision. Well, melting faces off people is probably a bad thing. So if you (laughs) want to learn anything, you should probably learn how to control it and squeeze it down and make sure you don't kill someone. I'm just imagining a little a pep talk to little Clark Kent. Yeah. yeah. All right, little Clark. (laughs) Don't kill people. Please don't do this. But you gotta remember, like, this guy has no idea where any of this is coming from. I'm Can sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're, I have to, you're I have dead to make on. a joke. That's really cool lazy there, huh, pal? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's, oh, man. But yeah, he has all these abilities. He has no idea what to do with. Yeah. And what does he do with them? Exclusively do good. Right. Like, you have all the power in the world to go and do whatever you wanted. You could do the Lobo thing of just get bored and slaughter your whole planet. What does he do? He goes out, and he saves everyone he can. He helps what is considered an inferior race. Yeah. After learning that he's a superior race. Right. That's why he's compared so often with Goku, is because Goku was in the same scenario. Dropped That's to true. Earth, yeah. raised by a different family, and then decided to do the right thing because it was better than doing the wrong thing. Like, at the end of the day, everyone can say that he's a Boy Scout and that he's kind of lame because he has no inhibition. Like, he's, like, he doesn't have these, like, negative points to his personality, but at the end of the day, like, he rose above everyone else and not in a pompous way he was very humble about it he was like yeah, yeah I have these abilities what of it like I'm not trying to lord it over you guys unless you're going to threaten me and even then it was minor like let me just hold you up what are you going to do alright that's what I thought and then he walks away like yeah. he's the bigger man in every scenario there's that moment in Justice League Unlimited the cartoon actually when Darkseid's coming down to stomp Earth and he's like I have to walk around like everything's made of glass like crystal paper I have to treat everything like it's this slight, delicate thing that I can't hurt, and I'm never allowed to cut loose. And then he throws a punch that just like absolutely levels Dark Side. And you're just like, yeah, I forgot about that. Like this yep. guy's never allowed to cut loose. That's true. Ever. And that goes back to like, I think we were talking about during uh, Dark Knight Returns, where he, if he sees a challenge, yeah, he can up himself, you know, yeah. just enough to meet it. It's, I mean, as much as I love Dragon Ball Z. It stole 100% of its oh, premise that's so true. from Superman. The debate, the whole stupid debate of uh, Superman versus Goku, let's, I mean... Let's put that to rest. Superman would win. Oh, 100%. Period. Yeah. How many times has Goku died? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> All the fucking time. <laughs> and then he has to come back from the dead in some capacity that saved the day because no one right. else can do it. But Superman doesn't... Like, he, yeah, he died once to, to Doomsday. He came back better than ever and it's crushed true. Doomsday which were that's another qualm we'll save for yeah, a little we'll bit yeah we'll wait till the um, actual film but yeah no it's just one of those things I've kind of grown to admire Superman one. that's totally fair I can like, understand that the guy with that was born a way that no one knew how to comprehend or even like think about it if the government had found him like what would they have done they would have done what we saw in um, Flashpoint Flashpoint, yeah, yeah, where, like, they put him in a red sunroom, but beyond that, like, you put him out in the sun for probably, like, a week, 
and he would have been full strength Superman. Right. Even by the end of that story arc, yeah. he, he was still a little twig, but he was already he was just super things. powerful. Yeah. So like you have this character that can do all these things, and yeah, it's part of his environment. But even in Red Sun, he was helping people. That's like true. albeit he helped Russia rise to the top of the the power in the world, but uh, he was still helping people. Right. It's just a perspective shift. Yeah. He did the same thing with his powers. You know. Yeah. The idea that he wouldn't do that is. It, it's impossible to really fathom because hell I I need to have you watch it still but Gods and Monsters like the twist of what happened in uh, that yeah. you'd think that he would probably go bad because like throughout the movie he makes a lot of really darker decisions he kills people he kills them outright but the idea that he has is these are threats and I'm stopping them Right. I'm stopping them from hurting people I'm trying to save people as much as I can it's just a Superman that's willing to make darker decisions. Um, going back to another point, too, is, like, even when he's lost his powers, he's found ways to rise above it. Like, in the 90s, those, remember the blue, red and blue Superman? Yep. He absorbed electricity instead and metabolized it. There was a point in the 90s, too, where he also, to jumpstart his powers because he lost them, and it ha- it's happening right now in the comics, he uh, surrounds himself with a lot of kryptonite, and it jumpstarts his powers, and he gets kryptonite-based abilities. Right now, he flies, and he's surrounded by a green energy field. He's got glowing green eyes. Yeah, like, the guy can do anything. But that's also because he knows he has to. He knows he's the ideal. He knows that he's the thing that stands there, even when people are shitting on him. He's still like, no, I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Right. Batman, temper tantrum boy over there. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) You know, it, as cool as Batman is, he really is just stuck in this position where he doesn't grow. I think that's the problem, is that, yeah, he does all this really awesome, crazy, cool stuff, but he, people always like to go, oh, well, you know, Batman's cooler because he's human, but he was still born with far more than you'll ever have. And that's not to be mean to anyone. We're all poor, at some to some extent. Like, we don't have enough, but... Batman will always have billions of dollars to fall back on, even when, even if he decided he didn't want to do be Batman anymore, he didn't want to do any of that. He still has billions of dollars to fall on, and then go help the world if he really wanted to. That's true. More than you'll ever have, sadly. And so, that's why I've always got to kind of go. Well, Batman's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> yep. I, I love Batman to death. That was that was my comic growing up. But yeah, that's why I always connected a little more to his. Uh, Sidekicks? Yep, exactly. Because they were always misfortunate people mm-hmm. who fell into a, a one fortunate scenario and yep. then were constantly repaying it back. Well, whereas Batman was handed everything and he was mm-hmm. uh, thrown into this sh- shitty situation, to be honest. Um, Batman took people like uh, Dick Grayson, who just lost his parents, Jason yep. Todd, who was this criminal. Yeah, little little tiny criminal trying to make ends meet for his parents, or his his mom. Right. You can make the same argument that they got everything handed to them by Bruce, but in the same in the in the opposite way of thinking, he helped them. Like yeah. that's that's like the one strongest example I can think of where he actually helps someone, not just because And people always go, Well well Batman has integrity because he doesn't kill, but at the end of the day, like his philosophy of like if I were to kill it would it would not remove it's the this number of or killers would be the same, but it's like I have to disagree. Yeah. Like, if you were really serious about taking out the actual threats, like the Joker, for one, the biggest one, yeah, yeah you'd leave one, you know, kill him, you become a killer, same number. But then if you do the Frank Castle thing, that's why I like Frank Castle, the Punisher. I appreciate the Punisher. Because <laughs> he kills, and it's not leaving the same number of killers. 
he kills like a thousand people that are right. all evil yep, mobsters. And guess what? He took out 999 killers in the world. Yeah, he replaced it with his one, but 999 yeah, is a win. You know, yeah. <laughs> I count that as a win in my book. I would agree with that. So that's where I'm always like, it's really hard to contend with that thought process. And the fact that like the, the whole Batman doesn't kill thing really arose out of the McCarthyism era. Like that's when he pushed the com the comic so came yeah. about. That's when like politics were shifting and saying like comic books are for kids. It needs to be a kid medium. Let's make our and have, have good messages like this. And the thing is, is that you can find many instances before that and after that where Batman has in fact killed. That's true. Um, I have to say, very first appearance of Batman, he killed a guy. He killed a few people actually. Um, Batman has his little bat biplane, and he's flying around because uh, this villain who steals, the, like I think it's like the mayor's daughter or some starlet or something like that. Um, it's an evil scientist that has created a serum that makes all uh, these insane people that he releases from this asylum um, super strong, and he just sort of leads them around as his henchmen, and Batman comes flying in. This hapless stooge that gets left behind is supposed to stop him. He drops a noose from his bat plane, hooks yep. him around the neck, <laughs> and then flies up into the air, and then cuts the cord after he kills him that way, and just lets the body drop. Yep. He then chases down the villain and just shoots it with a gun, like a Gatling gun on his plane, and kill like blows up the car. And you're like, yeah, Batman used to be really cold-hearted. If you want to find it, you can find a, a list of people Batman's killed. Yeah, yeah. Easily. My favorite was after he lectured Robin on the merits of not killing people, and then he yep. goes to a junkyard and accidentally knocks over a whole pile of cars on the villains that Robin almost killed anyways. And yeah. it's like, Batman, I hate you. It's just one of those, like, facepalm, like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> There's a moment with, uh, I forget his name, but it's a character, it's a villain that has, like, a very open chest. It's, like, demoralizer or something. It's some really dumb name. Oh, um, it, it's something really close to that. I yeah, can't is, I can't remember all of a sudden, but he locks it. Like the guy is partially wounded. He's like, "I'll fight you, Batman. Let's do this right here, right now." Batman just closes the door and locks it up with a bunch of like posts and stuff, yeah. and bars it shut, and then goes like the police. Are like, what happened to so and so? And he's like, "Problem was taken care of." And you're like, "Batman just fucking killed that guy." Gonna <laughs> let that guy starve in there. <laughs> Later, they retconned it, saying that he. Uh, let the authorities know he was in there. Yeah. But it's it's like, you know what happened. Yeah. Another instance that people don't necessarily go to is the killing joke. Like, Grant Morrison oh, man. has come I out was gonna very <laughs> clearly stated, like, no, the end of that isn't... It's not supposed to be left nearly as much to chances yeah. as you might think. I mean, it, it, reading that for the first time, it looks really ambiguous, that last panel where yeah. um, Joker tells him... That, or, yeah, Joker tells him the joke. Yeah, Joker tells him the joke. They're both laughing yeah, maniacally. Yeah, he's got him, like, by the throat. By the throat, and yeah. he just strangles him to death because the laughing just stops. Yep. And then it's it's left at that, and there's no more pages after that. Um, but actually, there's a very clear interview out there right now. I need to find the link at some point and maybe share that from our Twitter or something. But mm -hmm. um, he talks about it. He actually, the, the writer and artist, uh, I should say, I think, no, it's just the artist. The artist talks about how the writer, who is the same guy that did uh, The Watchmen, Mm -hmm. didn't leave it up to chance he wanted everyone to know that Batman killed Joker in this moment but then like DC being the way it was was like no Joker's a big cash cow let's just say that he didn't kill him right but yeah it's these instances where Batman 
does those things and, and satisfies the reader in a certain way, but at the same time, like, it's always retconned in a way that makes it so that Batman's not a killer, even though that's the natural pace of his character. I think that's the one of the other reasons why they gave us, you know, something like Earth 2 or yeah. uh, Thomas Wayne. Oh, and I love Thomas Wayne. Like, like even though he was a boozer, yeah. like... It's, it's really cathartic for the reader. You it know? is. You're just like, this is how he should be. You're like, hell yeah, let's see some guns blazing. I that, think that's the other reason why I like Red Hood so yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Jason Todd even says, like, your means don't amount to anything. Yep. Like, they don't actually change anything. Oh, that whole Jensen Ackles doing the voice in the Red Hood, under the Red Hood. Under like, the Red Hood. Fantastic. Amazing. So with that, we have another, you know, about ten minutes. So let's go on ahead and talk about the actual film and our thoughts going into this because we're yeah. going to see it here in two weeks. <laughs> Um, I think you and I have the same feeling where the the final full length trailer sold us harder than ever. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You see those moments where Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is getting dropped off by a drone controlled uh, bat plane, and he hops in at the second floor and he just starts taking down criminals left and right. And it looks like something straight out of art, the Arkham games. Yep. Like just directly pulled from those games. Like, yep. yep. This is the way he fights. So let's just use it again. I love it. It's so good. And then you see those moments where, you know, Jeremy Irons crushes it as oh, yeah, an older... Absolutely. Like, something that I was actually talking with a coworker about um, was... I actually think I would have preferred Jeremy Irons as Jim Gordon. I can totally agree with that. He's, just the way he speaks and the way his mannerisms are, he just feels more of a Jim Gordon kind of feel. Especially with the announcement recently that we're going to get J.K. Simmons as... Gordon, yeah. J.K. Simmons comes off a little bit more Alfred to me. I can agree with that. I could totally see him wearing like the little tiny stash. Yeah, he has the same head actually he does. as the cartoon that we grew up with. Yeah, and I could see him with the snarkier marks sounding just like Batman in the animated series. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like when I heard about it, I was like, oh, they should flip those. Yeah, it would have been perfect. <laughs> perfect. Jeremy Irons definitely looks more like. Gordon, absolutely. Like yeah. even those screenshots, I'm like, if you had a mustache, yeah, it'd be perfect. A little like floopy hair on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so that's my only thing with him, but he's still great. He sh- he shows himself well as like this aged assistant to a, a guy who's at war with a city. Yep. Um, you know, we got to see some more moments from the fight, which is good with what we needed. The kind of scene that we actually really needed to be sold more on that fight because it just felt like in those few flash scenes before where like. Oh, Batman's grappling across a rooftop, and then oh, so and so's attacking him here. Like it just felt very rushed, and then it shows the few scenes of uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, which actually also sold me more on that too. Was the fact that we get to see them flirting, Batman and Wonder Woman, just like in the uh, Justice League cartoon. That's how it should be. Yeah, that was the best. These whole recent comics where Wonder Woman and Superman are totally hooking up are just, it's hard, it's, it's not a good sell because, yeah. Su- hell, Superman's not even into it. Mm-hmm. And like, you can just, tell. He broke it off recently yeah. with her because he wasn't into it. So, um, that's the cool thing. We're seeing the, these changes made that are in, in line with the things that we grew up with. And I think that's intentional. I 100% think that's intentional that, oh, this is a really successful cartoon that these kids, who are now the adults, yeah. saw growing up. They're trying to feed people like us, also while, you know, trying to introduce more people. Yeah. Like like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, where uh, it's it's the more casual people who maybe have just seen the movies, a couple yeah. of TV shows, you know. And most of those people probably saw it growing up, like they were probably 12 or so at the time. Right. When they saw these cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so now, 
that they are old enough to have either children of their own or just old enough in general to go and see you know adult films and they want to see this more adult themed uh, Batman vs Superman which we know we're getting the R rated theatrical cut um, one thing that I will say is that Kevin Smith put it out there that he's not too sold on the R rated version even coming out on director's cut because you sustain your film with the sales that are created by children right that being said they've also stated that the only way we're going to get our version of uh, Batman vs Superman the one that is going to be full of every other side superhero we have to get that version and it's just over three hours long yeah which adds what like 45 minutes to the movie it's like like two and a half it's like 238 yeah by the end of it um but yeah, like so that film, that trailer sold you and I on it. That being said, the trailer before, I think, made you and I both very apprehensive. Yeah. And then every TV spot that has come out since also has made us apprehensive. Um, the trailer from before showed off Doomsday, which is a reveal that you and I both have said like should have been saved for the film. Oh, 100%, man. Like, if, if they just banked on the superheroes they had going in, like... Jason Momoa's Aquaman uh, got yeah. out. Like they didn't even need to show Momoa as Aquaman. No, the not fact at all. That everyone knows, and they saw that one screenshot from Zack Snyder. Yeah, like that's enough. Like something like Doomsday. That's kind of a big plot drop, and it is. They definitely should have saved that in an movie. earlier trailer that didn't need it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is a lot of people were already sold on this concept that Batman is fighting. That's true. If they absolutely had to include Doomsday, they could have saved it for a TV spot. They could have saved it till after the movie came out. Yeah, exactly. They could have waited until the film came out, which yeah. is the biggest thing, because I think that's the thing, just to kind of come off on a tail end of how I compare this with the other big superhero bash film coming out this year that we both just saw an incredible trailer for, mm. um, Captain America Civil War. I actually have some thoughts that I'd like to share uh, with you as well as on you know different other, uh, a different platform at some point, but um, that's a film that has not shown a single ounce of what kind of villainy might be taking place in that film. Everything that they've shown is selling this Iron Man versus Cap concept. Yep. Batman versus Superman, that's very explicit. Like, Civil War at least has some ambiguity with the name. Batman versus Superman is very much in your face. You know what's going to happen. The ri- And then, like, uh, Rise of Justice or whatever. Um, it, sell- it, like, it tells you right there and right then there, okay, Batman will fight Superman, and then parts of the Justice League will come together. That's true. It's very. It's a lot more straightforward. Yeah, and with that, you should probably just stick to those guns. You should really make us buy into this fact. Like that moment when Batman stops Superman's punch. That should have been replacing that reveal of Doomsday. Right. Um, we've always known that Lex Luthor was going to play a role. We knew that like from day one that Lex Luthor is being introduced for the sole purpose of he's kind of egging on this fight, and we that we got some of that, and that was what we, that was cool. Like we see. Um, we see Lex Luthor on the rooftop talking to uh, Amy Adams' uh, um, uh, Lane. Lois Lane? Lois Lane. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I kept wanting to say Lana. It took me a second, long. too, yeah. Um, but he's talking to Lois, and he's like, hey, you know, these two Titans are going to fight. Day and night is going to fight. I'm making this happen because the world doesn't need either one. A little crazy, but at the same time, like, not completely unreasonable when I really think about it. So that's, that's where true. that's where the act, you know the actor really was able to sell it because it's not an unreasonable idea that like none, neither of these things should be on Earth. Let's just remove both of them in one fell swoop. Right. Um, 
Yeah, they should have just shown off the, the fact that, you know, he's egging on this fight and we should have seen more scenes of them fighting, which is what we got in that last trailer, which was great. But then they had to go and ruin it by right after they show one woman save both of them, you're like, okay, that should have just cut to black there, moved on to something else. No, they showed off Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday's appearance is butt. It is. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even want to use... <laughs> I was going to come up with something smart ass to say, but that, that was amazing. Just, <laughs> it's butt. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. Like, no, you're right, man. It, the Doomsday we grew up with was a Kryptonian creation yep. let loose on the earth or just on the universe because its creator was like no I'm going to make a thing that can revive itself from death and become immune to that thing I'll make the perfect life form by the end of this yeah. just let him go Doomsday rampages across the galaxy killing planets gets to earth kills Superman Yeah. Superman then comes back from the dead kills him and when he comes back again Doomsday then has total consciousness and goes you know what I don't want to die dying sucks <laughs> because comic books <laughs> yeah well that many times you die you eventually have to gain something yeah. so what is it you gain consciousness of, of your life and some realization that you have a life yeah no he looks like this is a totally weird way to say it but he, he looks like someone took all of his spikes and just like shaved them Right? You know no, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. Like, I saw a Photoshop that someone had added the spikes in, and I was yeah. like, that, yeah, thank you. That's how it should have been, yeah. Um, now, people are saying that that'll, you know, that'll grow or whatever, but... Sure. Why like, not? If that's what, I guess, if that's a means to an end. You know what I think they're going to do? You know? Because we already kind of have an idea of who and what this really is. Mm. Um, Luther was the guy who got Zod's body after the disaster in Metropolis. Right. They're huh. saying that it's Luther who's the super scientist that mutates Zod's body into this creature. Right. The crystals are gonna that grow out of him are gonna be kryptonite. Oh, yeah. Because I bet you he revives him with kryptonite, making him stronger than Superman. That's by, a good point. I could see them going that direction. And then as he fights and stuff, it just slowly grows out of him. Yeah. Which could look really cool, but I still don't necessarily like the idea that D Doomsday is just a twisted version of Zod. Like, we're getting the same villain again. That's true. Yeah, it's just kind of a rehash of uh, Man of Steel. Yeah. But, I don't know, man. It's... Like, I'm I'm really excited, but the more they keep showing off about it, the more tentative I feel about it. The more I'm just like, eh, we'll see. Like, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Um, did find out that uh, Ezra Miller's The Flash, Barry Allen, is going to show up in the film in some capacity as well. Mm -hmm. Um from some early reports it's sounding like that dystopian future scene we keep seeing of like Batman in the desert with a duster oh the and, nightmare one yeah, 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 yeah turns out that might not be a nightmare so much as one of the possible futures that Barry sees and then in the full R-rated cut that we see we actually see him doing his time travel running and he okay. comes back from that time wow. and to find the time when they meet for real so I don't really know it's, it's really hard to read ahead and that uncertainty really doesn't reinforce any kind of uh, confidence in this film yeah and the, the sad part is I know they're just trying to build up marketing for the next films with Wonder Woman and then Justice League and Aquaman and all those films yeah and so they had to reveal some of this stuff earlier rather than later but 
I don't know. A lot of it's just feeling a little bit rushed, a little bit like, hey, we're just going to keep showing you scenes that you can eventually piece together, and before the film even comes out, you'll have the whole Batman versus Superman fight. I don't know. It doesn't inspire confidence, that's for sure. Not at all. It feels like they're really trying to just show their whole hand so that you might buy in because they really want to beat Marvel at this point. That's true. Even though, like, you know, Jeff Johns and a bunch of them said, like, we're not actually even trying to beat Marvel. Right, which, you know, it's whatever, healthy competition. Yeah, it's good yeah. for It's good for both franchises, but it is. I think it's, at this point, it's take care of your, your own movie before you're worrying about competition. It really feels like everything's being rushed to order really fast. Yeah. I mean... The fact that, like, you know, they announced The Rock as Black Adam so long ago, and yet we haven't gotten a single word about who's actually playing Shazam, mm-hmm. that worries me. The fact that that's going to be under New Line Cinema and not Warner Brothers. Right. The fact that they moved Sandman from Warner Brothers to New Line Cinema, and that forced Joseph Gordon-Levitt off of the project. The fact that we might not be, get a uh, Green Lantern film, Green Lantern Court film at all, till after Justice yeah. League 2... Yeah, my uh, my buddy Ryan, he's a giant Green Lantern fan, and he's he's not happy with the direction that the uh, the DC universe. I'm happy that they're doing the core. I'll say that much. Yeah. I'm happy that we're probably gonna wind up seeing you know uh, Kyle, um, John, yep, Hal, and even Guy. Even though I really hate Guy. Even though he's a prick. Yeah. Everyone hates Guy. Yeah. Let's be honest. He's he's literally the redheaded bastard child. That yeah, no he is. <laughs> um, but we're gonna get all those characters on screen. Um, it's really awesome. Yeah. But why are you pushing it farther back? Like, I understand that you're putting them all in the same film because you're going to gauge which one's the most popular one out of the four of them and then right. run with that character, which is probably going to come down to Kyle or John, let's yeah. be honest. Sounds about right. Hal's going to be that guy that's, like, seasoned and no one's going to care about, and then Guy's that prick that no one wants to see on screen. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. The two most lovables have always been Kyle and John. Mostly John because of Justice League. Yep. Kyle because... He's the one most people grew up with. That's true. If they were reading the comics, anyways. But I digress. These decisions all feel very reactive and not very proactive. I think that's a very big difference is that Marvel, everyone's kind of looking at this and they understand the plan. It gives them some foresight. They're like, okay, well, we know that probably Cap won't die in this film because he's supposed to appear in one of the Avenger films coming up. Yeah. Okay, that changes things. And the fact that we've read the comics so many times, we all kind of know the directions these things are going in. But it also leaves a lot of things open to surprises. Um, and directorial changes then need to be made depending on the, the, the director at the time. So with Marvel, you feel confident because you're like, oh, they have a fucking plan. Yeah. And we've also had now almost, we have, we've had eight years of successful enterprises from Marvel That's Studios. That's true, yeah. DC, we had three from one director. And then before that, we haven't had much. But on their TV front, they're shining really bright. TV and the animated universe? Animated oh, 100%, universe. 100%, man. DC. Yeah, 100% DC right there. But the film universe is, like, the fact that Man of Steel is followed up by Batman v Superman, and then the next time we're going to see Batman do his own thing is a flashback to probably his origin. Yeah. And it's again. like... Yeah, again. Or maybe, like, they might skip the actual actual origin... And just start with like year one, yeah. But still, you're going backwards in time. It just feels like they're they're trying to fill in like, okay, establish now now fill in the gap. It well, it's it's like they almost I don't want to say rushed, but it's like they knew their end product they wanted and just started there, and now they have to work back and backtrack to establish yeah. all these characters. 
Well, then the, the other statements that have come out over the years uh, with them being like, our, our films are going to be serious in tone all the time, and then they had to backtrack that statement on Shazam because they realized that Shazam is a kid. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to do a serious, like, P, a really close to R PG-13 with a, a child as your main hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what comes of all this. I'm curious to see how they're going to play with the TV universe because I feel like they're keeping in their back pocket the... Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline, right, where they can take all these separate universes, all these and separate mash them, and you'll see, you'll see the two different kinds of berries on screen. You'll right. See. What I'm going to be curious of most of all is the fact that Stephen Amell has secured himself so tightly in the Green Arrow role, and how much he'll fight DC. That's on, true. Portraying yeah. the character on screen. We'll see, but I don't know. I think that kind of really kind of rounds out our thoughts on the matter. I have, I have one more thing. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, to to counter. To counter myself and you, yeah, um, about uh, BBS, there there are a couple things that they have kept pretty well, pretty well locked up that mm-hmm. I'm curious about, and they are doing a good job with those few things. Yeah, like, yeah, go for it. As a giant Robin Robin fan, the suit you and I did t- kind of text about yeah. that a little bit. Um, we both think that looks like Tim Drake's. Yes. So regardless of who they choose, that's clearly influenced by the Tim Drake. Yes. The fact that it's the the bow staff. Mm-hmm. Tim's signature weapon. It looks like the more gritty, like Arkham green style. and red. Yeah. It's it doesn't have very much yellow, mm-hmm. um, which Tim, as I recall, only had yellow on the R. I think you're right. He might have had yellow on the red. inside of the cape too, but it was a very drab, dark yellow. It wasn't I, th- very I think bright. you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Um, let's see. Yeah, Tim had the long pants, right? Tim had the pants um, following Jason's suit. Cause Jason right. Jason started out pantsless also, but he switched to pants partway through. That's true. His was a little... Right little before he uh, started getting really brutal Yeah, started getting unhinged. Um, so, yeah, that's just one of those things that uh, they still kind of have under covers that I'm, I'm really curious about. And, they, and that's, where that's that like falls. the one thing. And, and I think it's just because I'm falls. such a Robin fan. The other thing is, like, we both kind of realize this, too, is that with that it doesn't necessarily mean that Robin's dead just yeah. because it has the Joker's paint on it it could mean that Joker infiltrated the Batcave and marked up one of the suits just really trying to fuck with him right this whole like attitude that the Joker that we're gonna get out of Jared Leto might be Jason Todd really pisses you and I off <laughs> stop stop please stop that's stop not theorizing that shit if it happens uh, I'm gonna lose I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be mad I'm gonna be so upset I've, I've heard some rumors that um that uh Dick Grayson is dead in this universe. That's what I've heard too. And that maybe, would make me sad, but I don't know. Maybe, but whatever. And then um, the idea that that girl, the female that was, oh, uh, take, she's from what's her Divergent name? or whatever. Uh, Jenna so. something or other. Yeah, yeah Jenna, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. So she, um, it was revealed actually by a producer offhandedly like yesterday that that's actually Barbara Gordon. Yep. Um, that is not going to be Carly Cooper, or whatever her name was. Oh, no, no, that's not right. It's something like that, though. It's similar. Um, from the Dark Knight Returns story. What the hell? Uh, Callie? Something, Cassidy, Cassidy something or other? Cassie. That's going to make be. a shit out of me, because well, the one of them Stephanie Brown, and I don't remember the... Yeah. Okay. No, Stephanie Brown was the uh, shit, one that be. was into uh, Tim. Uh, what is her name? Um, Carly... Something. I feel like it's Carly. Hang on. Let's see here. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane. That's okay. what her name is. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
I'm curious to see what they do with Barbara Gordon. Like, if well, because what's funny is Zack Snyder skirted the concept of her being an actual female Robin, mm-hmm. but then didn't skirt the fact that it might be Oracle. Right. So we might get post killing or yeah, killing Joe. Yep. Where she's already Barbara uh, Gordon. Where she's already crippled. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it changes and develops. Um, the fact that she her scenes are also featured on the R-rated version after being cut from the theatrical version is really intriguing. I'm I'm just curious to see how this develops. Like we'll go yeah. see it, just like we see every other movie that we don't have a whole lot of faith in at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from Fan Four Sticks, sorry Anthony. Uh, uh rip. <laughs> Um, Somewhere Anthony just died a little on the yeah. inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, no. but yeah, the atmosphere seems to be the more we're excited for it because it's, you know, these things we grew yeah. up with, but we're a little reluctant to see where they go with it. It's kind of, it's, it's the same problems I had when I actually saw Man of Steel where the message was there, Yeah. but a lot of the presentation fell off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. The fact that they had mirrored a lot of the representation of scenes and the scene structure from, like, Passion of the Christ was really a weird thing. That's true. Like that, yeah, I understand putting Superman on a messianic kind of attitude, but yeah. for outright stealing pretty much the same scene structures from Passion yeah. was a little shitty. But well, then, and then the, now they're still going that same direction with the whole false god thing. Yeah, which is fine. Like, if you're gonna do that, do it because you know that's how he was always portrayed was yeah, definitely God definitely. man. Um, that's all well and good. But, it, I mean, it was reassuring to find out that that was a nightmare scene or possibly a nightmare future scene. Right. Uh, as opposed to being right there in the film of the people bowing to him because that irked me a lot. Yeah, actually. I mean, especially after Injustice a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, that's exactly the thing for me, too, is, like, Injustice yeah. just happened. Like, you guys are just capitalizing on this whole theme. Yeah. Um, but I'm really curious to see how it plays out. This film will kind of define how I'm going to probably see the next slew of DC oh, yeah. films. Yeah, me too. I'm going to be the one out odd. I'm probably the odd one in the group that says um, Suicide Squad does not. Uh, it just feels like it's less certain of what it's going to show off, too. Yeah, I'm with you. Something just looks off. You know? Like, I'm probably going to see it at some point. Yeah. I might not go see it right away. I might not even see it the first week. But, like, I'm not too stoked on that film. Like, parts of it I'm sold on, and then parts I'm really not for. I'm yeah. not a fan of the Harley look. I'm with you on that. Um, a lot. I'm really s- sad to say that I think a lot of her scenes are going to get degraded to being just sex idol in the film. Yeah. Um, in addition, I'm not crazy about Will Smith trying to play into a very, like, noble, evil guy role, as opposed to just outright being a bad guy like Deadshot always is. Yeah. Um this idea that oh I take out bad guys it's, you're you're now trying to be the punisher yeah no I'm I'm with you on that one that movie just some something something seems off and yeah that's another Jared Little's Joker looks fine looks crazy I think that's by that's day. the main reason I'm gonna see it is just to see yeah I'm really more, curious more expanded on his character because people are like oh he's playing the psycho I'm like yeah but technically every one of them plays the psycho you're yeah. just talking about someone who's more sadistic than others mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm really curious, but I'm not crazy yet about it. Like, for instance, like we just saw that Civil War trailer, and I am losing my mind. Yeah, about that. dude, I, I don't get very 
very excited about things on I don't social media. Jump, usually, I don't usually yeah. jump for joy in real life. Yeah. Oh man. I saw that trailer and I literally jumped. I was all caps like, "Oh my god!" Oh my, oh my god! Trailer. I'm losing my mind. So, that being said, the DC universe really hasn't captured me in the same way. It has not ensnared my imagination in that way. They have a ways to go. They have a lot of ways to go. They have a lot of ways to sell me on this product, on this concept. That's for sure. So with that, I guess uh, we'll let you guys go. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Zane's World Podcast. Remember, you can always listen to our normal podcast every Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, right here on SoundCloud with uh, Geek Domination. You can go to our Facebook page, our Twitter. We now have an Instagram as well. All search the, the, the name Geek Domination, um, either all in word or with a dash in between. Um, go to our YouTube page as well. Uh, you can email us at geekdominationlisteners at gmail.com. You can follow John Luke on Twitter at JLBrutal. Actually, yeah, uh, actually you changed mean, it. The you did day. change it? Yep. Uh, what now, you got now? now I am uh, JL underscore geekdom. So. Nice. There we go. And then you can follow me on Twitter under uh, at jazzman4. Um, you can follow me on pretty much most things on some form of jazzman4 or 4824 at the end of that because that's just how I've unified myself across everything. Um, but with that, we'll, we'll see you guys later. All right. So, uh, bye. Bye guys.